1: Well, this week we're going to be talking about Dungeons & Dragons, Honour Among Thieves. Just had its premiere in London yesterday, the day before recording episode 97 of Two Geeks and the Marketing Podcast. Let's have a look at the trailer.
0: What is that? facing the greatest evil the world has ever known
2: she's executing our people
0: this is unlike anything we've ever seen what's trying to kill us this time pretty much everything now! the magic is on a whole other level we're outmatched how are we going to defeat them
1: I know what to do. I can ask corpses five questions
2: and then they go back to being dead.
0: Perlimon tergatis. Maybe I'm not saying it right. Yuck. Wonderful. Were you killed in battle? Yes. Great. Four more questions, right? Yes. No, no, no. That, w- that wasn't for you. Did that count as a question? Yes. Damn it. Only answer when I talk to you. Okay? Yes. Why did you say okay at the end of that? I didn't. Fantastic. Where's the shovel?
1: Oh, Pascal, Pascal, talking about the 1980s. I spent so much time in the 1980s playing Dungeons & Dragons, one of the original, if not the original, role-playing games. You know, all of those dice that we used to have... Two-sided dice, (laughs) 10-sided dice, 20-sided dice, good old-fashioned six-sided dice, D6, we used to call it, D6 and D20 and all of that sort of thing. The Dungeon Master's Guide, the Monster Manual, and all of those scenarios. We would spend hours and hours and hours and hours in people's um, living rooms or in people's bedrooms or sat around people's dining room tables playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And here we have a film. Now, I know very little about this film. You've chosen it. And oh, we have I know, to. <laughs> I, know you're gonna be, I know you're as excited as I am, but I know very little about the film. Now, I have a preconceived idea in my head as to, if I was to make a film about Dungeons & Dragons, because my experience of Dungeons and Dragons is that it's a game that we played, and in playing it, we create this fantasy world of, of orcs and hobbits and, and wizards and, and all of that sort of thing. In my head, a film about Dungeons and Dragons would require the film to start off with normal people like you and I sat around a dining room table playing this game and then getting sucked in somehow. Is that what we're going to see, or is is it more like we're just going to get thrown straight into a Lord of the Rings
2: style world? The the latter, latter. and happily, happily so. You know what (laughs) others have called the Jumanji curse, because I think it's asking too much of an audience to be into a different world. And and because we have so much to cover in marketing, I'm going to keep my answers very very short. (laughs) But what I will say is, so you and I've heard about the movie being in production, as I mentioned when we began the recording this episode since December 2021. In the middle of the pandemic, you and I saw news. What well, two things were happening. Closer to you, in Barbara Castle, they were filming the uh, next Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, yeah. And further south, closer to me, in Annie Castle, they were, they were filming Dungeons and & Dragons. And I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> but then since then, I've spent pretty much the last two years uh, torn between anguish at a disaster of a movie and, of course, you know the, the real desire to have a wonderful time because Dungeons & Dragons is an adventure movie whereby my memory is laughing and laughing and laughing with my friends because, ultimately, it's all about solving riddles. It's all about you know, a heist into a dungeon or a cave where you make the best-led plans, but, of course, at the roll of a D20 everything can go very, very wrong, Mm. and then chaos ensues. And and so I was thinking, well, are we gonna have, sadly, like, there's been three attempts to date at making official Dungeons & Dragons movies, and they've not been particularly successful because it's such people don't know about them. And the reason for that is they are far, far too serious. Mm. And the experience of playing the game with its family, friends, and that kind of things is literally a truly joyous moment when you immerse yourself in the world of storytelling, a world of fantasy, of course, and you can enact um, you know, the characters you've chosen to do and so on. And it's been around as part of popular culture since the mid-70s. It peaked in the early 80s, which is where you and I picked it up, really, uh, edition two, and that's carried on ever since. It's on the sixth edition now as a game. But of course, role playing games will exist for all franchises, including Gemspawn. Um, you can be a werewolf fighting vampires. You can do anything that essentially the imagination would allow you to do. So filmmaking should be a good kind of medium for that. But to date, it's never worked. But perhaps this is the one. Perhaps this is the one. Now, I, I would
1: absolutely agree with you. I mean, I'm just thinking back now, and it was making me smile. There were a number of occasions, I remember, playing D&D or RuneQuest or something well, like yeah, that, Runequest, which, was, yes. which was similar, where we were absolutely wetting ourselves with hysteria. Almost, I remember there was one time, and I can't even remember what had happened and what the joke was or what somebody did. Something funny happened as a result of a dice being thrown, and we I was quite literally doubled up in pain because I was laughing so much. We were, (laughs) and and yeah, if those original iterations of the film failed because they didn't embrace the humor, then hopefully that is. Why this film might succeed? Because I, I know from the uh,
2: the trailer and also from the the reviews that I've read so far that the the humour is there. The humour is there, and the feedback has been um, absolutely amazing. Much to my relief. So I think for me, uh, from a marketing point of view, they they, they had a very very interesting challenge. Mm. They had to, on one hand, appease. DnD DnD fans like you and I. They had to then appeal to non-gamers, people who you know just essentially didn't really engage with that particular leisure activity. Mm. And easier said than done, I, I reckon. And I can't wait to study with you what they've been up to. So. The because, of course, of the gift of the internet, we were able to access a lot of information. I felt like I was uh, holding a, literally a, a bag of holdings for all the ND players where I kept putting my hand in, and each time I could retrieve you know, some amazing information. <laughs> so um, we're very lucky because it just started, so we have access to official websites. Yay! Uh, I was able to compare the US international website to the UK to the French one. Interestingly, all websites seem to be managed and created by a company called Pouse Pals- based mm-hmm. in London and Los Angeles and this looks to me like a UK company so perhaps um, not to you and I to maybe invite them one day to mm-hmm. talk about you know what is what it takes and then And, of course, all all the social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and the occasional uh, Snapchats as well. So because of the sheer volume of of information, I gave myself the brief to only, sadly, because of time constraint, look at the international campaign of Dungeons & Dragons. We may on occasion make references we've done with the premiere uh, in London of what's been happening in all the past. But just as a learning point with regard to uh, this campaign, all three websites had a different look and feel. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, even though the platform was very different, they had their own kind of hashtag—a very easy one, hashtag DMD movie—which then auto-generated a, a little kind of um, emoji of a mimic. If you don't know what the mimic is, you have to go and see the film and enjoy what that is. But it all began once, you know, as in the official kind of endeavors outside of the media covering the making of, it all began really for all of us internationally on 21st of April 2022, with the title announcement. So it was a very, very short video whereby, you know, you had a bit of music and a bit of ambiance and the Dungeons & Dragons official logo appeared and then the title, Honour Among Thieves, um, appeared. Something that we've seen done with Rings of Power mm-hmm. and a few other TV series. And the kind of caption, if you will, was, our campaign begins. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was lovely because, of course, that's what the campaign's going to be all about. You could either see it as a dnd campaign yeah or as a marketing campaign which I thought was just a lovely yeah. little touch no that's
1: that's that i mean again that's uh i probably haven't even thought of a dnd campaign until just then <laughs> but that's what we used to call them you know the dungeon master who who runs the game creates a campaign doesn't it it's it's rick nettleton's campaign <laughs> yeah love it that's a fabulous play on words pascal No problem. So then you can tell us about the next teaser that came up a bit later. Yeah. Now this was July, the 21st of July, 2022, and teaser poster – very, very stylish. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, you've got this dragon motif, fire-breathing dragon motif, and then the shadows, the sort of silhouettes of the um, of the uh, five protagonists, the five thieves, I guess. Uh, and that's it, pretty much. The names of the um, of the stars. Obviously, Chris Pine is the one that everybody will recognise um, as uh, the guy who played um, Jim Kirk in the Star Trek revival films. But of course, Hugh Grant's in this as well. Um, now. <laughs> Now, this—I was going to say—you you always associate Hugh Grant in either one of two roles, don't you? He's either the sort of um, uh, romantic rom-com type for for weddings and your funeral, or Notting Hill or Love Actually—that sort of uh, sort of um, you know nice bloke gets the girl sort of thing. Or more recently, he started playing. Very quite scary, villains, villain not yeah. uh, his And his, his, his villain acting is actually quite scary. And and I know he was in Paddington as a as a villain as well. So I'm absolutely intrigued to uh, see what he's going to be like in
2: this. But yeah, that poster is very striking, and I would have that on my wall. Absolutely, and you have the, the silhouettes you yeah. know, of, of the main characters. And now, fans... Obviously, was saying, "Well, which one is which? You know, is Chris Pine this one and so on?" But they didn't have to wait too long because the same day, the first official trailer came out, which I must have watched about fifty times. But I have to say, I did raise an eyebrow and I was a bit concerned back to this idea of, you know, please don't mess it up, you know, for the fourth time with the use of the Led Zeppelin sound uh, music, you know, a whole lot, <laughs> lot of love. What, what did, you, did you make of the inclusion of, of that particular song?
1: Oh, I don't know. Um, I've never really been a massive Led Zeppelin fan, to be perfectly honest, apart from Stairway to Heaven, which I guess everybody loves. Um, I, I, again, I, I always think that music has to fit. I, what that I only tend to get cross in films when they use music that's anachronistic so for example if you set a film in the 1960s you can't play 80s music in the in the film now if you're in a fantasy setting like this in my head you should probably not be using any sort of contemporary music because it, it would it would never have played out in that world. But I can see, you know, music makes the world go round. I love music to death. And I probably felt a little bit against this because of Led Zeppelin, and I'm not a Led Zeppelin fan. But I can see that it would appeal to some people. But I think you've got to be very, very careful when you put music into a film like this that is contemporary when this film isn't really about the the world we live in.
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I was hoping for you know, Herrick fantasy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be taken to, to the world as I felt with Lord of the Rings and many others. With a few rewatch and, of course, studying the marketing campaign, I say, "Well, maybe that's when they signed to agree that they had to play to two audiences—you know, the d fans and the general public." Yeah, um, I think when you watch it with the montage the action scene and the one-liners and so on, it, 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 I kind of warm to it. Um, but also, I'm now realizing this may be a little easter egg about a secondary storyline about Chris Pine's character uh, seeking love. So yeah. Yeah, there could be a lot of things there, but uh, I thought it was a brave, brave decision because um, I was even thinking, well, are they trying to suggest that? Because one thing we know from interviews, that the, the creators have been very respectful of the game both from its origin all the way to its current um, iteration. I was thinking, well, if you were a player when it first um, you know, was launched by TSR in the 70s, perhaps it would have been the music playing the background in your bedroom, as you were saying, when you're playing with your mates. But take us on to the um, second poster reveal, please. Well, the Second poster, obviously, you get to see the characters.
1: Uh, This is a theme that for me is developing over doing more and more of these film marketing segments. I'm really liking campaigns like this, where there's an ensemble cast and you get that contrast between a poster like this, which features them all. So, obviously, we've got all the actors we spoke (laughs) about before in costume, and it's beautiful colours, and there's, there's images of the worlds in the background as well. Fantastic, absolutely gorgeous, but also like the ability that they can then move on to do individual character posters and individual character spots. And we've seen that so many times in film marketing now, Pascal, Death on the Nile, Lord of the Rings, it's just a great way of marketing and a great way of focusing in on individuals and ensembles at the same time. So that second poster, again, absolutely gorgeous, completely different to the teaser. It's like the teaser almost explodes into this one, doesn't it? Mm.
2: And, I mean, you're right, and there's so much detail that they've found to study, particularly the, the lower third, with the town, where is it? Is it part of, of the official Um, kind of um, you know storyline and it is interesting this is the artwork that is used currently on the French website Mm. then we had to be a little patient you know as fans because they kept teasing more content but we, we had access on the 5th of December to a two minute featurette which is almost thinking, well, we've given people a lot of information, a lot of teaser, to avoid almost uh, misunderstanding and to control, you know, rumours. Let's share a bit more about... What's been driving us? How we've approached the film and so on. And I think that was very wise to do so. You know, the the uh, where the actors and the, and the creators could talk to camera, and that was a, a premise on the same day as well. Uh, that's interesting. And i have noticed now they do a poster and a video reveal on the same day. That's what they seem to have done so far. Mm, yeah. And then
1: the next one is another character poster with all all the um, the characters there. <laughs> Interestingly enough, uh, Chris Pine is playing a liar or a, 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 an old fashioned uh, guitar. He actually looks a bit like he could be in Led Zeppelin, doesn't he? So maybe that's the, uh, maybe that's the link there. Actually just thinking back again, you know, quite a lot of seventies, prog rock bands like Led Zeppelin and Emerson Lake and Palmer and Genesis in their early days, their songs were very much inspired by fantasy. It they were very much in, yeah by by Tolkien and stuff. So maybe
2: there's a link there. I, I don't know. It's a beautiful one that was used for the international website. And what is interesting, another kind of DND in joke, the the bard, you know, as a class, was always the one that people hated playing because it was so hard to play. Yeah, because you needed to know enough about music and poetry to really give the character. You know, a justice. And I, and I do believe that, that the Barbers of Class was given like a new list of life thanks to people like Critical Role and the others who played it well. Mm-hmm. And it was very amusing. But I think it's interesting that Chris Spine is. Who's um, I think the lead character with regard to the band of thieves. He didn't go for you know the fighter. Didn't go for the paladin. You know those. He went for the bard. So I think we're going to see some a lot of humor in this because ultimately, apart from charisma and good communication skill, he can't fight. But um, <laughs> I'm able to talk his way out of problems. Pascal there's just so much stuff here
1: so much stuff here i know you, you as you said you you it really enjoyed it and you went down a rabbit hole digging out all these fabulous visuals so tell 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 me we probably haven't got time to go through each no, one of individually not. but
2: tell me tell me in a nutshell what you think about all of this stuff that you've discovered so, so to me, it was back to this idea of appeasing the DND fans and appealing to a wider audience. But we didn't know, we didn't know, and so they carried on with the character reveal, they carried on with the trailers, and so on. But the date that really transformed the, the um, I suppose you know, the the the, the appeal was the tenth of March when the world premiere took place at the South Southwest Film Festival, mm-hmm. and the critics went wild, the fans went wild. I could breathe again because I realize now that we had had an amazing movie. And since the 10th of March, it's never stopped now. And they carried on sharing a bit more in terms of what they've done. But more importantly, of course, they had the premieres both in Paris, which was uh, two days ago, and London was yesterday. And I guess they're going to have a premiere in the US very, very soon. Um, So, listen. You know, what I think we should do now from a learning point of view is talk about how they split the campaign then between the gamers and the the non-gamers. So as a summary, in terms of how they got the gamers excited, we would expect that they would do that. It was a year ago. So they're still not revealed. They had a tavern Opened at the San Diego Comic Con, of course she would, because another D and D in joke. Most um, adventurers met in a tavern. At in the, the tavern, <laughs> at the start of a game, they had um, ARVR filters. You know, for mobile phone, people could pretend to be a. Uh, you know, a paladin they could pretend to be a barbarian or a bard if they just do so. Of course, they had um book prequels because that is something that we've seen a lot. And there is a great, great um book reading community with, with around the d and They had live Q&As full of humor and so on. But the one that, of course, they had to do, they released the official character sheets on the... Um, D&D Beyond official website. so if you wanted to either meet the characters of the movie as NPCs or play them, you could download the official character sheets and have their scores and and have a game. And in a way, that's probably the one thing that they haven't done as part of this campaign for the gamers. They haven't released an official, if you like, scenario that people can play. And they use a number of influences, of course, throughout from Critical Role to uh, the nerdies to screen a rant and so on as well so so the gamers were well looked after and that was about appeasing them what did they do Roger to attract the general public I guess Pascal the, the 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 campaign to the public just focuses
1: more in on the story more in on the characters more in on the action more in on the humours obviously in Super Bowl back in February there was a 30 second teaser um, very exciting and that's obviously um Went out to the whole world, massive audience there, but it's the, this, the usual sort of let's, let's start working with people. So you've got the early screenings for Amazon prime us subscribers going to certain uh, cinemas to see the film. We've got lots of stuff going on 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 Twitter, but the thing that I just wanted to focus on here and and you very kindly, it was a lovely surprise last Saturday to get an email with a link to actually go and see this film, and Tricia and I are going to see Dungeons & Dragons tomorrow, courtesy of yourself. So thank you very much for that, and I'll report back on the next episode what we actually think of the film. But this was in conjunction with Medi Cinema, which is a UK charity which I know you're very supportive of, and it's a special screening of the film for that charity, so you just tell me a little bit more about how that
2: works. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, to begin with, yeah, all proceeds will go to Cinema, who are essentially a charity, independent charity. Patrons are um, Nick Frost, as well as uh, Simon Pegg, and they build and manage cinemas within hospitals with the conviction, which I totally agree, that the world of cinema, movie magic, will make patients, families, and actually staff feel better and recuperate better and someone who spent a year and a half in the hospital um, when i was younger with cancer and we had a tv um in our room which made the whole a whole world of difference i would assure you made the <laughs> cinema is very important to me so whilst i have to wait till the 12th of april being in france <laughs> um you know premiere such as this one with many other brands and charities are happening um a- as we speak and yeah i'm so pleased that you get to see it tomorrow
1: and there's a lot of teasing going on still, isn't there? Even though the film's out, you know that they they, they teased the the closing credits song, "Wings yes. of Time." Um, again, that's that's quite interesting. Uh, I love that uh, some some other uh, recognizable UK comedians and stars are teasing the film as well i love this one um sue perkins records dungeons and dragons honor amongst thieves audio description and she says i got very lucky with this dice roll <laughs> and again it's that whole point of campaign isn't it and the 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 subtle that that works really nicely because it you know the the public wouldn't probably catch on what that means but here we we'll say oh it's all about the dice it's all about d6 d20 and all of that sort of thing so even with the public campaign Focusing, I'm thinking much more on the the fact that this is an action movie. This is a fun movie. This is a um, a fantasy movie. But it's got you know it's got fabulous locations. It's got fabulous characters. It's even the public campaigner still has these little hints that it's based upon the game that
2: we love from the 1980s. Mm. And, and this amount of respect and, and love for the game um, is, is so apparent. And 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 I think generally you don't have to have played D and D. To be able to enjoy this as a family, as a group of friends, and so on, because literally, I think the acting is going to be spot on. Um, there's going to be, uh, you're going to laugh all the way through as if you were around the table. But also, um, many people have praised the practical special effects. So there's a lot of practical special effects, um, the the decor. Maybe so often, I have to say, I've recognized Annie Castle. So that takes me <laughs> out of of the world a little bit, but that's fine. You know, it's, it's very, very brief. And, and I think there's going to be surprises because. Whilst, you know with the martin campaign the trailers have revealed a hell of a lot i reckon there's still plenty for people to 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 enjoy so um yeah uh, for me, you know, when we created Two Gigs of Marketing podcast all those years ago now, and we wanted to bring the '80s and popular culture into the world of marketing and tech and games and movies, but to be in a position now to talk about the D and D movie, that's quite special. Yeah, it is, and and finally, I think
1: uh, I just noticed that um, you know we've got the likes of Mr Beast. Promoting this on his YouTube channel. And you know, we know that Mr. Beast is, I think he's the biggest YouTuber in the world now. He's got Correct. multiple millions of followers. I've not looked at his follower count. For, for a while, but I think the last time I, I looked at it was, it, it was north of 12 million. So he's, you know, he is a, a genuine influencer. So he will, if they're using him to promote the film and he's been doing some pranks, pranks hosted by Mr. Beast. And I also quite like the fact that he's called Mr. Beast. And I'm sure there's going to be quite a few beasts in the film as well. And there's a tie in with Fortnite as well. Yes. Um, so um, I, actually I have to say there was an update, to Fortnite went through yesterday but i've not played it yet today so I'll, it'll be interested to see whether there's any um uh, content appeared in the uh, in the latest update there so yeah i i am looking forward to seeing this both from the point of view or i think i think this is interesting that we've looked at this from the point of view of the fans but also the public yeah. i'm going to see this film as both tomorrow wow so so isn't that isn't that what will probably happen to you as well because there will be the old 1980s gamer part of pascal fintoni that wants to enjoy this film with that hat on i played this game when i was growing up i still play this game now um in in the modern world but you'll also just want to go to the cinema as an as a normal person if that doesn't if that doesn't sound too insulting. And be entertained purely by a good film. So I think that both of us are going to go to the cinema in two guises, as a DD player and as a member of the public, which is exactly how this marketing campaign has been framed.
2: Superb. Thank you very much,
1: Roger. <laughs> well, that was another absolutely action-packed episode. Um we've covered so much ground today and so much really good content. I've really enjoyed going through that and as we've said can't wait to see that film tomorrow and i will report back thank you everybody for watching two geeks and a marketing podcast episode 97 thank you also if you were listening to the show we really do appreciate it we'd love your feedback as well and you can leave us feedback by putting a comment on the youtube channel you can talk to us on twitter you can even leave us a message on speakpipe so Until the next episode, thank you all so much once again. Go out there, make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni.